Welcome to the AIPT Movies Podcast with your hosts, Alex Harris. And with them, as always, are Tim Garner and Matt Paul. So yeah, I got a new car and it, it it's almost exactly like my previous car, but an SUV version of it. Um, same color and everything. So at, as you were saying, Tim, at, it seems like my car got the matrix of leadership and is now Mazda Miss Prime. Yes. I feel good about that. I think that's a good, I think that's a good name for my car. It absolutely is. And, you know, puts Rodimus Prime to the shame in which he belongs. <laughs> uh, same color, right? Same color. Same color as my, as the previous car, the deep blue three, as I called it. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just, it's just like leveled up. You know, it's too bad we can't say that your car is not like a shark's fin anymore. <laughs> you know, <it's> just... <laughs> I guess not. I guess not. That's a bummer. Sorry, I'm late, guys. My grandfather died. Oh, shit. Dude, I'm sorry. We, we had no idea. Yeah, we we could have recorded a different time or something. I, I, I didn't mean to make you rush over here straight from the wake. What? Oh, no. I didn't go. I haven't spoken to my grandfather or most of my mom's side of the family in years. I just figured that if I said someone died, you'd get off my ass about not caring enough to show up on time. But I guess I was wrong. Uh... I guess you were wrong. Uh, this feels a little... I don't know if I should be offended or uh, trying to console you. Um, Choose your own adventure. Anyway, I'll just move on. Anyway, hello and welcome to the AIPT Movies Podcast. I'm Alex Harris. I'm an independent writer slash director. You may know me for my movie about the artificial twin wars where Alan Arkin Cloud Jumper is lured by city council speaker Friendatine into a sinister plot to rule the galaxy, Starfight's Reprisal of the Sooth. I really thought your character of uh of Jan duality was like <laughs> it's just really perfect in its writing. Thank you. Thank you. I I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud of it. Hi, I'm Tim Gardner, man, suit actor, remind contortionist, green suit guy. You may know me from my role as the X-ray vision device that Batman randomly gives to that annoying kid from Game of Thrones and Batman Begins. Oh, <laughs> nice. That part was completely unnecessary. But important. Hi, I'm Matt Paul, and I'm totally not a script doctor. So you definitely don't know me from all the dialogue I wrote for the two city workers giving all the cringy train exposition <laughs> near the end of Batman Begins. If it gets to the station, it's going to blow. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew what the stakes were until those guys told me. <laughs> thank God for those guys. So uh, thank you, N not Matt, because it wasn't you. You're welcome. Anyway, once again, in an affront to Tim's hopes of playing literally every alien in his proposed sequel, Kids vs. Aliens vs. Predator, we have some corrections from the previous episode. Um, so first of all, as we learned while we were recording the previous episode, it was Alien Day on the day we were recording, and I would like to apologize for us not doing, finally doing Prometheus on that day. Uh, we probably should have. Oh well. Also, I, I believe I texted you guys about this. So, you know, yeah. the sword that um, Phoebe Rex's Sam's car Sam gets in Kids vs. Aliens, they, she gets it off of a random body in the alien spaceship. Turns out that is a third member of the Plague, which is this kind of medieval-looking hired assassin-type characters from Jason Eisner's pre previous movie, Hobo with a Shotgun. 
This was confirmed on the Kids vs. Aliens uh, Instagram. I, I commented on it, and they confirmed that, yes, they posted a picture of the plague sword, as they called it. And I was like, wait, is this related to the plague? And they actually replied to me and confirmed that it is, in fact, the plague. And they even posted pictures after it of all three, does it, like the costumes for all three characters next to each other. So, so yeah, connected to Hobo with the shotgun. That's pretty cool. It's kind of crazy how... When did the plague get their own movie? I know. I just... Jason Eisner has been making like similar to us. He'd been making like goofy movies with his friends since he was very little, much like the characters in Alien Kids vs. Aliens. So he yeah. probably has like years and years of lore and characters uh, such as the plague just like sitting in the back of his mind that he'll probably pepper into several movies going forward, if I had to guess. Yeah, and I believe the the lead, the female lead of Hobo with a Shotgun joins the plague at the end of Hobo with a Shotgun. Oh, that's right. She becomes another, she replaces one of the dead members, I believe. That so, sounds yeah. right. I, I, I've been meaning to rewatch it. It's been a few years. So is this the beginning of the Hobo with a Shotgun universe? I, How dare you? I guess so. The, it's the Plagueiverse and we're just the living The Plagueiverse. In <laughs> mm. Too bad. Uh, Rutger Hauer. Yeah, too yeah, bad Rutger, Rutger Hauer. Hauer can't reprise his role. Damn shame. Um, also, I listened to a random podcast with Jason Eisner, and the house in Kids vs. Aliens is his parents' house. <laughs> hmm. I don't like these parallels between us and the, them. Yeah, wow. and it's it, it's actually on that on water and everything. It's 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 his parents' house, and the barn is down the street from his parents' house, and apparently it turned out it was owned, that the barn is owned by Brad Marshan, <laughs> Marshan from oh the my Bruins. God. Wow. Oh my God. So bizarre. Oh, I love it. How bizarre. How bizarre. And also I mentioned uh, that movie Sisu, well, Tim mentioned it for the uh, new releases last week, and I said that I thought it was produced by 87 North or 8711 Whichever it is, uh, the company that David Leach and, and uh, Chad Stahelski started. I was incorrect. Uh, it is not produced by them. I, I was probably confused because the trailer says things like, from the studio that brought you John Wick, just because it's released by Lionsgate. So, little little mistake on my part there. And then finally, um, unfortunately, we are once again already sold out of our uncircus-sized t-shirts. Uh, <laughs> I don't, you know, it's funny, for some reason, whenever we do any of these cool, very specific shirts, they just, they just go right away, you know? I, Sound like hotcakes. Yeah. I very think strange. I saw some on um, MJ Paul 69 um, on eBay, though, so check that out. Cheap. <laughs> Cheap. Not that Cheap. expensive. It's strange. Why does this? Why does this person keep buying them all up and selling them for 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 nothing? It's very bizarre. It's like it's like yeah, someone just doing it to spite us, not even to make a profit. You got me. Very confusing. We may never know. All right, that's it for corrections. Let's move on to some news. Um, I wrote all of these like super last minute. So um, if any of these are terrible, please let me Hell know. Yeah. Or if you <laughs> okay. I was going to say, we'll just lean into it, man. Yeah. <laughs> Beetlejuice 2 is apparently finally officially happening. Okay. It's apparently finally officially happening as a release date has been announced and Justin Thoreau and Jenna Ortega are joining Michael Keaton for the sequel. Between this and The Flash, it seems pretty clear that Keaton just called up his agent one day and said, you want to get nuts? 
Let's get nuts. And then insisted that he doesn't chase waterfalls. <laughs> Uh, the trailer for Meg 2, The Trench, has been released and finally addresses the massive continuity error that has been bugging everyone since the release of the first movie. Statham's character is a chronic alcoholic, but he still does pull-ups every fucking day. That explains so much. Ugh. Right? So they must have just cut out the pull-up scene in the first movie. They just, okay, that, that's good. Cut for time, man. Just cut for time. Good. Mia Goth is rumored to be playing the villain Lilith in the upcoming MCU Blade movie. Apparently, her superpower is destroying eardrums with her natural speaking voice. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> she's British. <laughs> Max! Oi! Oi! <laughs> I love Mia Goth. How dare you? Wow. Um, Unfortunately, Blade will never be released. <laughs> At this point. It keeps getting pushed back, I and know. the writer's strike is not making things easier. I know. A trailer has been released for Flamin' Hot, the movie about the creation of the beloved Cheetos flavor. To be clear, this movie has no relation to my documentary of the same name that delves into how good Chris Evans looked in his Fantastic Four costume. I mean, it hugged all the right areas. Who can, cl- who can honestly look at him in that movie and say he did not fill it out? You know, that's all I'm saying. Just saying that's America's ass. <laughs> Speaking of hot, Pedro Pascal is going to star in Weapons, the next horror movie from Barbarian director Zach Kreger. Is it Kreger? Yeah. I think I can speak for everyone when I say, yeah, cool, but what about Justin Long? <laughs> Seriously. Like, <laughs> I just want to, I just want him, I want Justin Long to be Zach Kreger's, like, Robert De Niro or you know like i want i want them to have like a thing like scorsese and leo and stuff like that like i want it to happen i agree justin long needs to be somebody's guy yeah <laughs> james gunn asked legacy fx to create a life-size dummy of chris pratt for guardians of the galaxy volume 3 the dummy is so lifelike no one noticed that they accidentally used it for the entirety of Jurassic World 3. I noticed. <laughs> it really is a very lifelike dummy. It, it, I didn't even notice that it was a dummy in the movie. It's crazy. In additional Blade news, as Tim mentioned, the movie is being delayed by Marvel Studios due to the current writer's strike. <coughs> we stand with you, WGA. On the upside, this will give the casting department time to recover from listening to Mia Goth's audition tape. Whoa, what? Come on. Who put that in there? (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Matt's just writing copy as you read. Holy crap. Are you making fun of my voice, yeah? Oi. (laughs) I'm British. (laughs) Mia Uh, Goth is great. We're just kidding. Yes, we agree. (laughs) We stand a Mia Goth. Mm -hmm. Oppenheimer star Killian Murphy says he was desperate to play a leading role in a Christopher Nolan movie. Desperate enough to build an actual atomic bomb? Asked Christopher Nolan curiously. (laughs) He would do it. The trailer for Denis Veneuve's Dune Part 2 has been released and proves that Austin Butler is not simply going to play Elvis again. He's going to play Elvis playing the Grim Reaper from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. I'm for it, man. Such range. Carl Urban is in final talks to play Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat 2. Showing his commitment to the character, Urban has already promised to never remove his sunglasses. What a pro. Hell yeah. What a pro. Because just like Judge Dredd, they didn't get that right in the first movie. (laughs) Uh, 
And some extra quick pieces of news. Uh, the trailer for Neil Blomkamp's adaptation of the Gran Turis- Turismo video game has been released. Have you guys seen it? <laughs> no. I've seen it, and it's it's at least they acknowledge the video game is real. It's kind of ballsy. It's literally, uh, so Matt, it's literally about a competition that it, someone is having for like, I don't know, like, NASCAR or something? I have no fucking idea. For the Gran Turismo, Gran Turismo, Alex. Gran Turismo, <laughs> um, Shows how much I know about racing. Um, where the people, the person who is best at playing the game will be turned into an actual race car driver. <laughs> oh, wow. It's, I feel like someone, I feel like their inspiration was the wizard. Y- yeah. You know, like, yeah, it's oh, wicked yeah, it's wizardy. very wizardy. Yeah. Yeah, and then just a, but what if <laughs> race cars... Uh, <laughs> Um, also, Rob Delaney is returning as the plain dad type character, Peter, in Deadpool 3. Oh, thank God. I'm actually, like, super excited about that. I, I, I don't know, I don't know why, but I found him so fucking funny in Deadpool 2. <laughs> X-Force. I don't know anything about this cable guy, but if guarantee hasn't killed as many people as melanoma. <laughs> so good. And then finally, uh, Sylvester Stallone is going to start in a sequel to Cliffhanger from Angel Has Fallen director Rick, Rick Roman Wah. What? Wow. Wait, wait. Bear with me when I say, what? What? <laughs> hey. <laughs> I mean, sure, why not? You know, I mean, it. I, pref- I think it should be directed by Rennie Harlan. He's not doing a lot nowadays, but whatever. Oh my god, I just remembered. <laughs> we made a joke about them doing a Cliffhanger sequel a little while ago. Oh my Cliffhanger god. Cliffhanger 2 still hanging. Do you I... see what happens <laughs> when you put it out in the universe? Do you see what happens? <laughs> They're always listening. Oh my god. So, Sylvester <laughs> Stallone, big fan of the show, confirmed. <laughs> if it comes out being called Still Hanging, uh, they 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 better give us a call, okay? <laughs> That's it for news. Let's move on to new releases. Oh, I, f- I was hoping you'd give me this one. Now playing in <laughs> theaters is Hypnotic. A detective investigates a mystery involving his missing daughter and a secret government program. The action thriller is co-written and directed by Robert Rodriguez. It stars the Phoenix himself, Ben Affleck, alongside William Fitchner, Alice Braga, and Jeff Fahey. I... Ooh, Jeff Fahey. I'm so excited about that movie. That movie looks like the exact kind of movie that would have been made in like 2004 while Ben Affleck was like struggling with his career, but it's coming out now. I, I, they did like, oh, it looks beautiful. It feels, it does feel like a movie that should have come out after Paycheck. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm so excited. Now playing in theaters is Fool's Paradise. A fool for love becomes an accidental celebrity only to lose it all. The comedy is written and directed by Charlie Day. It stars Charlie Day, Ken Jeong, Kate Beckinsale, Adrian Brody, Jason, Jason Sudeikis, and Edie Falco. That looks kind of funny. I saw a trailer for it. It does. Yeah. Now playing in theaters is Knights of the Zodiac. When a goddess of war reincarnates in the body of a young girl, street orphan, Seiya discovers that he is destined to protect her and save the world, but only if he can face his own past and become, you guessed it, a knight (laughs) of the Zodiac. (laughs) The latest installment in the Does Sean Bean Die in This One Universe? 
<laughs> is directed by Tomas Beginski. Nice. It stars Famke Jansen. Yay. Sean Bean. I know, top billing. Famke Jansen, nice. Madison Eisman. Mark DeCascos. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Iron Chef. Nick Stahl. <laughs> and McEnew. I know nothing about this movie. I, I've been Neither seeing the name come up a couple times, and it's especially confusing because it has Famke Jansen, Sean Bean, and Mark Dacascos, and I know fucking nothing about it. And where the hell has yeah. Nick Stahl been this whole time? I know, honestly. Seriously, right? And I think Mackinu is the guy on the poster, and he's like he's a Japanese actor who I don't think many people recognize over here. Right. Huh. So it's like, what is this about? <laughs> I wonder if it's like one of those joint productions, like a Japanese-American production or something, because a lot of those are oh, yeah. not really meant for this market and just kind of get released here too. Um, and is Mackinu playing the characters like Seiya or who has to, who has to protect the goddess? I, if so, I would why, is, why is he getting lower billing exactly. if he's the main character? Exactly. I, I like, I think this is so one confusing. of those, like, uh, it's probably mainly a Japanese production and they put these American stars in it to, like, pop Kind it of up. like when China, kind of like when China did the Great Wall and they're like, you know what? Fuck it, Matt Damon. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Coming soon to theaters very quickly, I'm sure, is Fast X. Dom Toretto and his family are targeted by the vengeful son of drug kingpin Hernan Reyes. Reyes, yeah. The family action, and <laughs> the family action and adventure is directed by Louis Letelier or whatever it was. I can't remember from the last episode. It stars Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, uh, an, an underused Michelle Rodriguez, Tyrese Gibson. Chris Bridges, Brie Larson, and Jason Momoa, and the whole rest of the family. I'm sure I will see this movie, whether I really want to or not. Yes, and if you want to see a well-used Michelle Rodriguez, go see the D&D movie <laughs> on her Amongst Thieves. <laughs> there you go. Which Vin Diesel probably loves. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. He's like, could have been mine. <laughs> I know, he's probably so hurt that he didn't get cast in the Dungeons and Dragons movie. So coming soon to theaters is, I think, a movie about me. Yeah. Uh, it's called Master Gardener, a meticulous horticulturist who is devoted to tending the grounds of a beautiful estate and pandering to his employer, the wealthy dowager. Wait, this isn't about me. <laughs> the budding thriller is written and directed by Paul Schrader. Huh? It stars Joel. Is it Edgar or Edger? I always said Edgerton. I don't know if I think it's Edgerton. Okay. It stars Joel Edgerton, Sigourney Weaver, Quintessa Swindell, Isai Morales, and Scott Green. Coming soon to theaters is Sanctuary. Follows a dominatrix and Hal, her wealthy client, and the disaster that ensues when Hal tries to end their relationship. Oh. The only cool when both parties <laughs> consent psychological thriller is directed by Zachary Wigan. It stars Margaret Qualley and Christopher Abbott. All right, that's it for new releases, which means it's time for What Do We Watch This Week? Attention residents, welcome to the lottery spin. Jordan to Delta, you're moving out to the island, transported to the world's last paradise. I think they're going to kill you. I'm going to the island. There is no island! Come on! Stop right there! Two of our products have escaped. Run! Go, go, go! Do not let him get away! Hold on! Tell me what's going on. You're copies of people out here in the world. 
They're simply tools, instruments. They have no souls. How come we never did this before? People will do anything to survive. It came out in 2005, but this week we watched The Island. A man living in a futuristic sterile colony begins to question his circumscribed existence when his friend is chosen to go to the island, the last uncontaminated place on Earth. The dystopian science fiction action thriller is directed and co-produced by the one and only Michael Bay from a story by Caspian Treadwell Owen, whoever that is. It stars Ewan McGregor, Scarlett Johansson, Jimon Hansu? That's correct. Sean Bean, <laughs> I wonder what happens to him in this movie, Michael Clark Duncan, and Steve Buscemi. So as a warning, I'm sure there will be, will be spoilers as we discuss the island, so if you haven't seen it yet, you may want to pause this, watch the movie, and come back. Otherwise, let's dig right in. So Matt and Tim, what are your favorite things about the island? Wow, what a movie. Um, <laughs> so I saw this, but I, I saw this, you know, back then, you know. Right. And I, um, but I didn't remember really any of it as I watched it, um, <laughs> which was, I guess, kind of nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what a peak 2000s movie, early 2000s. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so <laughs> millennial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I like that about it. I, um, I liked Ewan McGregor's frosted tips. <laughs> I liked <laughs> it, I liked the quasi futuristic look of it once they get out. Well, before I say this, I had a chuckle when I um because because as you're watching it in the beginning I mean there's there's plenty of telltale Michael Bayisms <laughs> in the movie, but it's no, it's not overtly so. Not but all then, the time, no. The moment that Ewan and Scarlett, I don't know their names, so I'm just going to call them their real Lincoln names. and Jordan. Lincoln, yeah, and, Lincoln Jordan. and Jordan. Lincoln 5 9 or 9 or and Jordan, <laughs> whatever. Like Lincoln 6 Echo, I believe. Oh, yeah, Echo. They get out, and there's the sun. It's golden hour, and everybody's <laughs> shrouded in, in the yeah. in the golden light of a Michael Bay film. Yep. Um, <laughs> and then for the whole rest of the movie, it's a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> I thought that was great, but I liked, um, you know, the. I mean, it's in the future ish, but I like the kind of like. It's not like a wicked future. Like, yeah, there's like trains that like hover off the ground and like. Matt, it's 2019. I know it's 2019. <laughs> wow, where are the trains that hover off the ground, guys? If I remember yeah, correctly, it's not actually 2019. That's what they tell them. Oh, oh, interesting. I think it's like it's a it's later. Not a lot later, but I think it's a little later. But I I could be oh, wrong. Shit. I could end up in corrections. But I'm pretty sure yeah. I heard. 2019 while they're in the island while they're in the facility and then later i could have sworn another date is used but i could be oh, wrong okay yeah so i liked all that all the like you know it's like the future but it's kind of realistic and um i liked how stupid everyone like <laughs> i liked how everyone is like a child in their yeah. mind 
They're educated to the level of a 15-year-old. I love it. I love that they're... Okay. So they're all 15, but through the whole movie... It takes the basically almost the entire movie for Ewan and Scarlet to realize that if their private parts touch, it will feel good. Like, why? <laughs> like, if they're all 15, that's like the height of I know those feelings. Well, I well, they're not they're not like chemically brain chemistry 15 years old. They have the emotional. They have the intelligence of a 15 year old. Right. I know still. But if you were a sure, you know, a cis. Scarlett Johansson, is this the right word? I'm sorry, guys. C I S. Yeah, C I S S. You're um, hanging out with Ewan McGregor, and if you were Ewan McGregor hanging out with Scarlett, how do you take that long before right. you want right. to touch no. mouths? Like, it's I a mean- valid point. It's a valid point. Like, even if you don't really know about sex or whatever, there's. I feel like there's going to be some sort of biological, like, ooh, I'm. I am. I feel something. I want to yes. do something with this person, even if I don't fully understand what that is. Yeah, yes. I mean they 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 keep them fit. So you know, a lot of them would get the funny feeling when they climb the rope in gym class. Yeah. I, mean... <laughs> I love the bar scene. Oh, yeah. I mean, first of all, it looks like they're like in like the like this like wasteland. Oh my god! Well, I know. And yeah. then all of a sudden they stumble. Up. I mean, it is Arizona, so it's kind of always like, um, but, <laughs> and then they get to this bar, this weird biker bar. And like, some people have like harnesses on and like other people are just like normal. And like, everybody's like grumpy and they have beards. And, um, I just thought that was funny. And like Scarlett Johansson's just like, kind of, um, I don't know, being naive yeah. at the bar. I thought that was funny. Shout out to Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Who, um, you know, is a nice little, has a nice little arc for himself before he gets shot and falls off the balcony. He had a cool apartment. He did. He did. His little, his little, like, trailer, trailer, trailer? like his one. Yeah, it was, it was, it was not quite a trailer that he lived out of, but it was one of those small kind of like, uh, trailer park type houses. It's hard to, I don't know the correct term for it. Again, Arizona. Um, but um, Arizona's beautiful. I've been there. I love parts it. of Arizona are beautiful. Yeah, yeah parts of it are, are quite nice. Not Phoenix, though. Phoenix is a, te- is a monument to man's hubris. <laughs> and the last thing I'll say is that I like when they find out dude is a, like, <laughs> oh, hey, dude. Dude. Hey, dude. Dude. D-O-O-D. Dude. Dude. And then it dude. ends perfectly, too, with them, like, saying something shocking and them going, dude. Yeah. Oh wait, that was the second to last thing. I loved what the um that whole crazy action scene when they fall out the windows and then yeah. they get stuck in the big <laughs> R and they somehow survive that fall. Yeah, yep. man. And I'm forgetting what the construction worker that picks Jesus them up must says, love but... you. Oh yeah, Jesus oh, I must know love Jesus you, baby. Loves you. Oh, I know Jesus loves <laughs> you, baby. Um, so and good. he's the he's the manager from the television show Chuck. I thought he oh, looked familiar. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, next. Yeah, I mean, uh, Matt didn't say it, so I'll say it. What a goofy movie. <laughs> it's a goofy movie. <laughs> it's a goofy it movie. A goofy it's a Michael movie. It's it's the it's Michael Bay at the possibly near the apex of his powers. One or, yeah, one could know, argue. I, I um 
You can say that a lot, Paul. Is this pre-Transformers? It is. This was 2005. Yeah, is, yes. Transformers was 2007, I believe. Mm. So around then, 06, 07. Um, yeah, man. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think the oversaturated colors uh, <laughs> help p- play into the real world because it definitely makes it feel like the world is definitely hotter. Mm. You know, global warming is on the way so it definitely feels like the real world isn't uh very nice and clean everyone's sweaty especially uh jimon hansu's character <laughs> that dude is damp the entire oh, yeah. film and and he's just at his absolute dampest at the end um <laughs> he is so soaked. like he's like a spaceship yeah. in an alien movie like he's yeah yeah <laughs> he's just, just dripping water. wet <laughs> uh but yeah, so I think the the saturated colors really help sell like the planet's hotter. It's a, it's it helps for, for me for some odd reason the, the saturated colors help sell the dystopian vibe. Um, yes, I don't know why. No, I, I, it makes sense. Yeah, so shout out to the product placement of this movie. Um, Puma <laughs> aggressively marketed. Um, <laughs> just just if just you know again it's peak uh, early millennium. As Matt said, like just with the aggressive marketing in it, the Michelob. Yes. Oh yeah, that that shot it just like lingers right on. Oh my god, I know it's so goofy. <laughs> it's you got you got to check it out. It's a metal can. It's a metal <laughs> bottle. It's like a can, but it's a bottle. That's perfect because it looks futuristic. Yeah, Michelob Ultra. <laughs> when you're trying to watch your weight. <laughs> um. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, come on. Everyone's performance is is fantastic. Uh. Ewan McGregor playing against himself is funny. Um, can't go wrong with that. You know, it's like, why do you speak like that? Because I'm Scottish. Uh, I know. Uh, so good. Really, really doing Ewan McGregor service because Ewan McGregor loves motorcycles. He does. And so, of course, his character is like, I design mo- cars and boats and motorcycles, and I love motorcycles too. Yeah, he's Sonic. He just wants to go fast. He just wants to go, I gotta go fast. Yeah, all right. Chili dogs. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, like their jet bike that they oh, briefly yeah. have, their flying yeah, those motorcycle. Were cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, again, I guess yeah, Alex. Maybe it's not 2019. Maybe it was just you know the clones thought it was 2019. That's what right. my memory is, but I, I I could be wrong. I well, I hope you're I hope you're right is what I'm saying because it feels goofy for 2005 to say in 14 years we'll have all this stuff. <laughs> I know. Then again, it would it it seems almost too weird for it to not be further along if it's like 20 right. something. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, it's a Michael Bay movie. It's it's a lot of a lot of frantic camera action to constantly make you feel on the edge of your seat, yep. you know, like that's what's all about. Uh so yeah, can't go wrong like there. Uh, oh man. Um, so, so yeah, I, um, I, you know, I, I, I'll go more into details of my thoughts about this movie and, and other categories, but, but yeah, I, 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 I love this goofy movie, you know, I, it, I forget about it all the time in terms of Michael Bay movies for some reason. Um, but there's, there's a lot of things about this movie I really like. Uh, the cast is fantastic, as you guys are saying. Ewan McGregor is so good. I, I mean, when is he not good? But it just, he seems like he's having a lot of fun in this movie. I, I don't know. He doesn't seem like he's even really acting necessarily. It feels like he's just like kind of having a good time, which I think is great. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I, I meant to like check this, but like, 
one of the things they talk about with um, Michael Bay, one of his like gifts is that he makes people into movie stars. He can he can like shoot like he'll he'll shoot someone a certain way in a movie. And then all of a sudden people will be like, wow, this person is a movie star. He did it with a. He 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 changed how everyone looked at at uh, Nicolas Cage and The Rock. He, you know, there's a, a famous story about Bad Boys about how he wanted because when that people don't remember this necessarily, but when Bad Boys came out, the big one was Martin, Martin Lawrence. Lawrence. You know, yeah. he he was he was bigger than than uh, Will Smith was at the time. And there's that whole scene where he's where Will Smith is running slow motion with his shirt off. And uh, he didn't want to do it, but Michael Bay was like, "Yeah, no, do it with your shirt unbuttoned. Trust me." And and everyone says that that's the moment he became a movie star when he cast Ben Affleck in Armageddon. He told him to get a tan and fix his teeth, and he turned him into a movie star. I don't know if you remember, but Ben Affleck used to have these like very wide, separated teeth. You know, like we see him now as kind of like a hot dude, but he uh, he was he wasn't really like that back then until Armageddon. And I I people he did the same thing with Scarlett Johansson. If you look back at her like career prior to the island, she was not quite the mega babe that people see her as now. Yeah, she was she was weird girl number two in Ghost World for me back. then. Right. You know, like I remember seeing Ghost World and being like, oh, I like her. But. You know, and like Lost in Translation, she, you know, she was doing a lot of like, you know, indie stuff, but like the island is when suddenly it was like, oh my God, like that, that really changed it because, because Michael Bay knows how to do that shit. Um, so that, that was kind of cool. But like Scarlett Johansson's great. Steve Buscemi is fantastic. And that's another thing that Michael Bay is famous for is he loves Coen Brothers actors. He uses <laughs> people from Coen Brothers movies a lot especially in, like, the later Transformers movies. Um, so he, of course, he puts Steve Buscemi in this. And then uh, Jim on Hansu, I, I fucking love him in this movie. He was such, I feel like so many people would never have thought of him for this part, and he's so good in it, and I'm so glad mm. that he was picked. I mean, yeah, and it still bums me out to hear how he still talks, how he's struggling yeah. in Hollywood still. He's, it amazes me. He's a really good actor. He has great presence. And this is one of the few movies I've seen where they adequately give him the presence he deserves. And it's mm-hmm. it's shocking that he didn't go on to do cooler shit after this. But I, I thought he was a really good choice. So, yeah, great casting. Um, I will say that I think Bay did a pretty good job of world building. You you know, they set up the false world within the facility pretty quickly. The, like, water bars to keep everyone hydrated. The exercise to keep people healthy because they have to be good donors. All that stuff. Um, you know, he did a pretty good job of doing that. Uh, as usual, there's some great shots and some great Bayisms in this movie. Like, the way that the camera dollies past Lincoln when to show his shock when Jordan is picked for the lottery. That weird, that really cool reverse water shot in the beginning of the movie when he wakes up from his dream. That was a really cool shot. Oh, yeah, that's fun. And then, as always, no one shoots someone talking in a car during a chase like Michael Bay. (laughs) (laughs) Just the way he, like, kind of shakes the camera, you know, or moves it to the side and has, like, mirrors reflecting light on people's faces. Like, no one does it like him. Um, and then, of course, the action. Some of the action is really good. The whole escape scene was a pretty good chase. That was great. 
the way that they handled the nail gun in the hand. Scene, oh my god, yeah. Done really well. I thought that was really cool. The whole train wheels uh chase is really well done. Like say what you want about babe, it might not be the most sensible, like, uh, easy-to-understand s- sequence, but it's a really exciting and cool and dangerous sequence. Um, great destruction. I, be- if I If I remember correctly, this is the movie that got him Transformers. Steven Spielberg saw mm. it, because this was a DreamWorks movie, if I remember correctly, and Steven it Spielberg is, yeah. was like, okay, let's have him do Transformers. And then I'll also say one of my favorite things about the movie is the way that they do the shift in what is happening. Because, you know... We know what the movie's about, but it's pretty good at hiding what the movie is about for a while until until Ewan McGregor sees that poor woman be murdered after giving birth. Yeah, and then Michael Clark Duncan. And then Michael Clark Duncan. Like, like what a nightmare shift. Like, like holy yeah. shit. Like, talk about a brutal shift in the narrative at that point. And I thought that was handled really well. Meant to mention the great shot of Jimon Hansu getting out of the helicopter, but whatever. <laughs> do you have any honorable mentions or things you had mixed emotions about sometimes known as the cronies in honor of director david cronenberg um cronies for the harpoon guns uh, <laughs> that was one of yeah, mine right no necessarily cruel uh, the human fishing poles uh, no thank you brutal cronies i don't know if this is just me being psychotic but sean bean's hairline is weird doesn't he have a weird hairline or like his like hairstyle in this movie it's just like it's coned back but it's like straight across up like it just there's something about it that really made me upset so yeah just me guys it could have been a wig maybe maybe he had to cut his hair for something else i don't know but i think it was the show that sean bean's character is also not only the president but also a client (laughs) could be and the fact that he probably cloned himself and murdered himself to have this weird fucking future unnecessarily complicated future like hair plug situation (laughs) yes honorable mention to michael clark duncan i figured he was like gonna be like really in it in it more than he was yeah um but I loved, like, in the very beginning when <laughs> there's the video of him gloating because he's going to get to go to the island. Ugh. And he's, like, so happy and he's doing that, mm-hmm. like, clumps clap. <laughs> Hercules. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then when he gets harpooned and Ugh. they drag him kicking and screaming. I know. Horrific. Yeah. That's brutal. What a ride for him. <laughs> And then you see his like poster up because he's like a NFL player or something. Yep. Yep. Who needed a liver. But um but yeah, he was great. R.I.P. Yeah. Right? He's dead. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's passed away. The micro sensors. Like the oh. that he had to pee out. The pee, oh yeah. Well first it went into his eyeball, no thank you. <laughs> and then he had to pee them out. Uh, no thank you. I also like the fact that he said, like, yeah, you'll pass them in your urine. And they're thinking they'd be deactivated, but they're not. I know. They're, like, moving know, around like, and shit. What? Yeah. No, thank you. Um, I feel like there there were some dated um, cronies for, like, I feel like there was some dated jokes in here. Like, when, yeah. when Buscemi and, um, and Ewan are, like, in the bathroom and, like, 
Yeah. This is mail order. Never give her a never give a woman your credit card. Oh yeah, never yeah, that was a bad card. One too. Yeah, but th- that was also like, well, is that just because Buscemi's character is supposed to also be shitty, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Is that dated or intentionally meant meant to make him shitty? I think right? a little bit of both. Yeah, both, a little yeah. bit of both. Yeah, but like, yeah, but don't forget that bathroom scene because you know, again, you're playing. Oh, it's gay. Oh, I know, oh, I know. Oh, that was a gay thing. But who should walk in on them? Is the actor who plays Cam in Modern Family? I That's thought that was. was him. He did look familiar. That's who it is. Wow, I thought uh, yeah, that was him. Ed the Trucker or something is his character's name. That's funny. That's so funny. But, yeah. Next. Um, yeah. So, honorable uh, <laughs> like cronies to yeah to the human fishing pole guns, oh, yeah. of course. Uh, but like my honorable mentions go to uh, the oblivious truck driver during the. Um, uh, what with the big train wheel scene chase <laughs> scene like they're they're losing this guy's cargo left and right and this truck driver is just like just another day at the office <laughs> uh i don't stop for maybe, nothing don't stop for nothing uh possibly maybe that's why he got the the transformers gig because he's like wow he could make ro- a robotic truck look cool because <laughs> like is it a, is it a an odd you know like a, a self piloted truck? Oh, but also, yeah. but I like to think that it's an oblivious truck driver, like <laughs> supremely oblivious truck driver. So honorable mention to that person who, if it was in fact piloted by a human, missed opportunity to have Ed the trucker show back up again. Yeah, his, you know Cam. Uh, and then second honorable mention to when they finally bump uglies, our our <laughs> characters Lincoln and Jordan, uh, and Scott Johansson. <laughs> says this is a, this is also a crony mind you this honorable right. mention is also a crony but her line of dialogue while they're while they're bumping the island is real yeah it's us that's <laughs> mm. cringy yeah so cringy so cringy. i think chrissy just heard me say that i just heard uh, uh, yeah and i just got a groan out there yeah so <laughs> it's it's it makes sense that they would say it though you have to y- you oh, know like i could see the, the title. those characters saying it Although I agree, it is cringy. I yeah, you know, I think it's that's why it's definitely a crony honorable right, mention, right? You know, <laughs> uh, the island. Is uh, us. Yeah, otherwise, otherwise the same cronies as Matt has already said. So there you go, have at it. Um, yeah. So I I have cronies to this movie in general because I respect that Michael Bay is doing his honest to god best attempt at not being michael bay he he is trying so hard to hold back How? this entire How movie. is he holding back? Well like th- th- there's so many t- like think of all the non-action scenes. The camera there's multiple times where the camera is static and not moving. You know, like other than like certain parts like the bathroom part it's it's not that bay, you know? This movie could be, like, if you were to cut certain parts out of this movie, you might not think this is a Michael Bay movie. Whereas normally okay, you can watch fair. any scene in a Michael Bay movie and be like, this is a Michael Bay movie. This movie has plenty of scenes that could have been made by almost anyone. You know, they're not necessarily distinctively him. If you're like me, you might be able to tell if you, like, study his filmography. But... A lot of it is very restrained for him, like locked off cameras, you know, um, you know, nothing too insane. It's got a fairly smart script for his movies, I would say. This is what script wise, one of his better movies. It's 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 not that dumb, you know, which I think is unlike him. Uh, 
So, like, I, I respect that he's trying his best to make, like, a movie. I feel like this was him being like, I want to make a movie. I don't want to get shit for making a Michael Bay movie. I want to, like, make a movie movie. And, of course, sometimes it fell out because he is him. You know, he is who he is. Yeah. But right. uh, I respect that he was holding back. But there were points where I was like, you know, I, I wouldn't mind this movie being a little stupider sometimes. That might be kind of fun. <laughs> But I will uh-huh. say, I think there was one really nice directing choice in this movie that I think he probably wouldn't always get credit for. There's this whole blurb about when they're escaping, uh, Sean Bean's character is making this whole thing about how they're products, they're not actually human, and all this stuff, and it that his dialogue plays over Lincoln and Jordan running through the desert to get away. I thought that was mm-hmm. like a nice little directing choice. Major cronies to all of the weird classic Bay stuff, like the bathroom. Oh, God, they look gay scene and all that dumb shit. Yeah. Like, I uh, yeah. um, didn't need it. But um, I like I like Jordan a lot. I like the idea that she was able to get things from the lunch lady because the lunch lady somehow knew that Jordan is the clone of a famous model. You know, like, ooh, I'm talking mm. to this famous model, technically. Um, I like that. I thought that was interesting. Uh, cronies to what they do for a job, effectively creating <laughs> DNA strands to create more of them. Ugh. Yeah. Um, and all, all of all of that reveal of the birthing scene was was lit. Um, loved. I loved this this quick little POV shot from when Lincoln puts the butterfly or whatever it was in the matchbox. There's a shot from inside the box as it's closing, which is definitely a massively oversized, like, two pieces of foam core being closed over the (laughs) camera. (laughs) Totally unnecessary, but I just, I just love the idea that, that, that Michael Bay was like, I want to do a shot from inside the box as it's closing. And his props guy was like, okay. (laughs) Because, because then the moth feels how the clones don't know how to feel it's like their experiences are you know relatable you're you're that's possible but i think you're putting too much thought into it i'm sure he was just like that would be a cool shot and his poor props guy was like okay i guess i gotta find a a fucking five foot long fucking matchbox now to do this to put over the camera but okay listen alex if michael bay is a good artist he needs to say bullshit like i just spouted about that (laughs) because if you're only a true artist knows how to bullshit that's true that's true ascribe meaning to something that has zero that's true but he usually doesn't bother trying which i respect that's fair you're right he is honest in that he is he is you know he knows he he knows he he's a commercial director he it's what he does oh yeah Honorable mention to dude, as you mentioned, cronies to the spear things in the back of the of 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 Michael Clark Duncan's legs. Getting back to the human fishing rods, it's like, yeah, is that really effective? I know, like Like all these advancements, and that's what they use. That seems really shocking to me. But what's wrong with a fucking taser? And like damaging, like some of the clients must need a leg at some point, right? Just just seems bizarre. Um. Uh, honorable mention to Chekhov's hologram generator. How <laughs> I know. how Lincoln sees it early when they're escaping and is like, "Hmm, I'm gonna remember this for later. It might be useful." Um, <laughs> and the uh, honorable mention to that entire bar scene, as you mentioned, uh, when he's like, "I gotta go. He's taking a dump in a can." And then when <laughs> where is he taking it? <laughs> and then when the bartender says to Jordan, "Straight up," 
and she just like looks straight up at the ceiling. Looks straight up. That's great. Oh, yeah. so good. Um, I love that Steve Buscemi's girlfriend is Shawnee Smith from The Blob. Mm. Oh my god! Thank yeah. you. This movie. <laughs> look at all these people cleverly hidden in this film. Yeah. Um, honorable mention, I guess, to the Black Ops team having a suitcase full of different patches to impersonate cops or FBI agents or whatever. Yeah, it makes sense. And uh, honorable mention to MSN Search, <laughs> the little MSN oh, Search so booth. Oh my god, so funny! Oh, so oh Microsoft, funny. <laughs> Micro- Microsoft, stop trying to make your search engines happen. I They're not know. going to happen. I know. What didn't you like about the island? Was there anything that confused you? Um, I was conf- I didn't like um, the ending. Just kind of happened very quickly and abruptly. <laughs> yeah, and it does. It's like, oh, they're oh, there. It's okay, cool, all right. Like, so now what happens? They're all out. Yep. All the people in white are just traversing the wasteland in Arizona. <laughs> I know, like, and it's all like triumphant, go? and it's like they could just bomb all of you. Like you're still there. Just because you killed one all, of these guys doesn't mean that they can't all murder you. <laughs> and and they all still have their clients out there. Yeah. Yep. They die from exposure, basically. Yeah. And then it just shows, dare I say, a f- just a very fleeting glimpse of Scarlet and Ewan in the boat. Yep. Yep. The Renovato. Just like his dream. Um. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. Um. And then that was it. Bing, bang, boom. <laughs> um, so I didn't love that. And also confused by, like, where are they going to go? Um, yeah. They didn't really touch on the um, Scarlett Johansson's client. Yeah. Well, well they said that she's hospital. probably going to die. But yeah, that's. Yeah. Um, but, but you, sh- but she met the poor kid. That's going to like. Ugh scar him for the rest of his fucking life i know mm-hmm. i didn't like that yeah that's about it really i mean the whole ending the pacing of the end was very abrupt i agree um they just kind of were like oh yeah sean bean's dead he got strangled strangled yeah strangled I guess, yeah. Um, by the harpoon gun. Yeah. By the harpoon gun. The harpoon Hoist, gun. Multi, by his own petard. <laughs> multi-purpose weapon. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, what's things I don't like? Uh, runtime. Oh, it is Mike, long. Uh, yeah. Michael Bay, give me a tight 90. You excel yeah, at that. I know. Yeah. I know. Uh, I could definitely see a lot of, I'm like, oh, man. Look at look at look at all those tricks you would later use in ambulance. <laughs> you know, like like that's like I know. a lot. Of, yeah. Yep. Yeah, you know, such a refined film. Um, yeah, I mean, really, the big big thing is just that it's a two two hours something some odd minutes yeah. of just a lot of you're just like guys, come on. <laughs> um, you know, otherwise. But that's about. I mean, uh, the other thing I don't like is my 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 boy Ethan Phillips is Jones Three Echo, uh, the guy one, you know one of the main guys who gets you know the guy who's like I figured out the code oh, of how the yeah. lottery wins. And, <laughs> yeah, e- Ethan Phillips. Uh, he's from like Star Trek Voyager, and it's like oh, it's so great. Oh, that yeah, makes Ethan sense. Phillips, like he hey Neelix, it. hey Neelix. Yeah, he played an alien in Star Trek Voyager, uh, and everyone hates that character. <laughs> but it's always nice to see Ethan Phillips and stuff, and I think he was criminally underused. <laughs> yeah. 
Bay is really good at finding like very um interesting looking side people. Yeah, in like his um, movies. Yeah. Like when they're when they're in the tube scene, when they're like where the tubes go. Like when they go like, Oh, look at Foxtrot over there, like that guy. Yeah. He was he was I like Chrissy and I were like, Who the hell is that the guy? The guy from looks Community? Like, uh, he's it's not. Well, he was in an episode of Community. His name is JP Minot. And yeah, he looks like he was in an episode of Community because he looks like the character Dean. Right, Pelton. right. Uh, he also looks like Buster Bluth. You know, like he's just one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. And that's what Chrissy and I were like, is that is that him? Is that no? It's you know, it it's JP Manu. Um so so again, criminally underused, but glad that he was there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so yeah, just run times my big bugbear. That's it. Valid. Um yeah, those are all valid. I, I I think my least favorite thing about this movie is that it it would be a perfectly serviceable, somewhat forgettable, like, oh yeah, the island kind of movie if it was made by like anyone else. And I just get frustrated that it doesn't like it's not just like a movie of insanity like like another Michael Bay movie and it I don't know it's but it's not like a legitimately good movie like like The Rock or something like that it's mm. like it's like a couple rungs under that um right. it's like a weird confusing movie in his filmography in a way not because it's bad but because it just it just, as I said, it feels like it feels like Michael Bay trying to do an impression of like of someone else. Like th- this feels like him almost trying to do to make his Minority Report, mm. you know. <laughs> but mm. he's not Steven Spielberg, so it it didn't happen, you know. Yeah, and I want to amend when I said this movie's at the height of his power. It's like it's vis- I'm talking about visually. Yeah, this yeah. is like he's like Michael Bay's. His style is boom on point. Right. Right. But yeah, otherwise I think it's a perfectly fine movie. Yeah, a mid- a middling bay. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Do you have a favorite death scene? Ooh. Wow. <laughs> I feel like everyone just kind of I feel like is it weird that there was nothing like super memorable? No. It's not weird. I don't know. I mean Steve Buscemi cuz it was like I didn't expect him to die. Oh yeah. I feel like Buscemi said, if you're going to kill me, it's got to be grand. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Gets shot and then falls and crashes. I want to get shit. shot and then fall. Yeah. Cool. I, that I'll give my uh, favorite death just because it's a classic uh, when Lincoln gets his don don't his 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 donation. His oh, yeah, that's true. That killed. one. That oh, was yeah. Good. That, was good. Uh, the, that whole Tom part Lincoln, was great. Yeah. yeah, just because it's the classic, like, sh- shoot him. <laughs> I'm the evil one. Yeah. No, yeah. you're the thing. You know, like, I'm the good one. No. Yeah, it was just that classic trope. I loved it. And <laughs> the really ham-fisted way of just quickly, how do we get <laughs> Lincoln Six Echo to slap the bracelet onto Tom Lincoln? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. He waves his hand really fast. And oh, <laughs> yeah. and at that moment, Jamon Hansu realizes, oh, there's a bracelet on that hand. <laughs> boom, boom. You know, so it's like. Yeah, I love it, that. It was that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like Ewan is both did a really good job of being both his original person and the clone. I he he was really great, and that in every scene with the two of them together is is fantastic. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's it. That is a good kill. I I think the two that stuck out to me most on this viewing, at least, was and and I guess maybe this guy didn't die, but when they're trying to escape 
and there's like the ball bearings fall on the ground and the guy slips and slides until he slams his face into a pipe. Oh my God. Ooh, yeah. yeah, that, that was, was good pretty too. great. But I think my favorite is during the train wheels chase when the, you know how the jet bikes have like one guy riding it and then another guy on top as a oh! gunner and the guy gets <laughs> the launched into the highway sign. Oh, yeah. That yeah. is good. Oh, like no blood, but fucking you don't need brutal. It. My God. You don't need it. Yeah. Uh, would you give any random aesthetic choices in the island a breaky award in honor of the windbreakers of the Neil Blancan movie, Demonic? I really like Sean Bean's iPad desk. Oh, yeah. That was cool. Yeah, that was cool. I thought that was cool. There's even a little pen for it. You can draw a boat on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, I liked, you know, again, the quasi-futuristic mm. bits of it. Um, I thought it was funny when, like, Ewan McGregor met his, you know, doppelganger, whatever, client. And he's like, oh, oh yeah, I just wear glasses and have my hair slicked back, not spiky. <laughs> I'm different. I'm different. I'm not you. The the, the classic villain, though, too, because he's, he's, he's a slick back. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Back. You should have seen it yeah. coming. Yeah. Slick back hair and a, and, a, and, a, and a soul patch. Those are the telltale signs of an evil <laughs> doppelganger. But, yeah, all the, um, you know, you can't deny Bay and his, you know, Shooting at golden hour is just, it's, it just looks nice. Yeah. You know, Scarlet's hair looked really nice, mm. moving, waving in the wind a lot. <laughs> yeah. Good job, Scarlet. <laughs> uh, my break is going to go to their, uh, to Lincoln and Jordan's um, slapdash uh, disguises that they always default to, which is like, just grab a coat. Oh, yeah. It's a white coat or it's a blue coat. I belong here. I am now incognito. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's the equivalent of walking confidently with a clipboard in your hands. Yeah. Yep. But so, yeah, just give it up to, because that gag was used twice. It was. First as white coat scientists, second as blue coat scientists or something. And so. it worked both times like a charm. It did. Just like in Every real life. Time. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just quickly say I remembered something else about this movie that bugs me. There's a moment where uh, the real Tom Lincoln lies about what he was doing in his bedroom. And it shows visually Scarlett Joe shows Jordan look at him and realize that he's lying because he has the same tell as Lincoln Six Echo. Mm -hmm. And then she explains it <laughs> to him. She yeah. just says it out. Uh. And I was like... But Bay, you did a really good job of showing it visually. You actually, you actually showed and didn't tell. Like, come on, man. That that really bugged me. Anyway, uh, breakies. So many. A very, as usual, very visually pleasing movie. It's it's what he does. Um, but yeah, breaky for Steve Buscemi's home. It was so perfectly quaint and trashy. I liked his truck too. It's futuristic, but it was like poorly painted with with flames and shit because he's poor or whatever. <laughs> Breaky for Lincoln's flight jacket. I love a good flight jacket. Love the slightly futuristic look of the city. I like how they, the cop cars are Dodge Chargers, which was like futuristic at the time. 
But yet, right. when Ambulance came out, the cop cars were Dodge Chargers. <laughs> hey, what do you know? <laughs> Actually, there were Challengers in Ambulance, my bad. Um, oh, okay. But... Either way, I thought that was funny because at the time it was futuristic and then they used Do- they actually did use Dodge Chargers for cop cars for a while. Um, I loved during the the chase at one point with uh, in Tom Lincoln's car, if I remember correctly, they go through this giant parking garage that has this huge old arched uh, ceiling, like this old mm. building that is being used as a parking garage. I, I, super strange, but it was cool looking. Um, but I think I'll give my breaky to the jet bikes. They're oh, just yeah. like, they're just some cool futuristic shit. You know, I, I love stuff like that. <laughs> Finally, do you see yourself watching the island again? And do you think you'll be recommending it to anyone? Yeah, I mean, it has its flaws, but I feel like I, I like this subject matter in general. Like, the story is like compelling. Bay- yeah. Like Bay doing a science fiction-y, you know, um, futuristic movie, you know. Yeah, but the moment you think about the the, the overheads that they that of cost that that goes into oh my god, people, I, know. So I know, I know, the movie falls apart. I know, I know. But yeah, apart like it has flaws, but I enjoyed it. I probably won't watch it that often. Right, but if it's on and I'm not doing anything, which never happens, but um, <laughs> I would watch it. Yeah, I mean it's an inoffensive action flick. I think it's perfectly good. If it's on, it's on. But yeah, I'm not gonna go out of my way. Yeah, you know I um I agree. You know I I as much as I I love my Michael Bay, I I never go like I want to watch The Island. It's only when. <laughs> Yeah. It's only when I'm like, I want to watch Michael Bay movies and I'm running out of movies. I'll be like, I'll watch The Island. Right. It's only it's only when we have to do a podcast and we say, like, <laughs> what movie should we watch next? It, I know. It's, I wanted to cover it because I wanted to remind people that this movie exists because it, it gets no, no, yes. it gets glossed over in his filmography. Because I, I firmly believe that if you were to subtract the Transformers movies from his filmography, people's opinion of him would be massively different. Oh, I 100% agree. You know, like, and, it, and it's only, it only Transformers movies just because the fucking critical mass of them were made. Right. They they dominate. When people think of Michael Bay, they, the Transformers movies dominate what they think of. And I, I just wanted to kind of like highlight this as a movie that is unique to some extent within his filmography. You know? Yeah. Um, And yeah, I'd, I'd recommend it to anyone who... If someone doesn't like Michael Bay, I'd be like, yeah, you know, give the island a shot. And if you that's like the closest to a real movie, like a non-Bay movie, I would say he's made. And if you don't like that, then, yeah, you just don't like him, I guess. All right. Before we go, did either of you watch any other movies this week that you'd like to quickly recommend or not recommend? I did. All right. Ooh. Hey, everybody. Go see Lord of Illusion. Lord of Illusion. The Clive Barker oh. joint starring actual Dracula, Scott Bakula. <laughs> Uh, oh wow! You know it's 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 a uh, it's Clive Barker, baby. Yeah. Not doing Hellraiser. It's always nice. Like you know, Nightbreed's a great movie, but Lord of Illusion. What a fun little uh little little movie that was. And I always forgot how brutal that is, but it's fucking Clive Barker. So of course it's got some brutal shit in it. Of course. But yeah, it's a good time. All right, cool. 
You got anything, Matt? No, but I think you saw a movie about a raccoon in space. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I, I, I already talked to you guys about it briefly. I won't, I won't go super into it because I don't want to spoil anything, but I fucking loved it. Um, I'm definitely going to see it again. I, I don't really care about Marvel movies anymore, but I, I loved this series. I love the Guardians movies. They work so well on their own. They're like the only movies in the Marvel world that don't feel like expensive fan fiction at this point. Um, it felt like a real movie with characters and stakes. The soundtrack, as much as of a gimmick as people might think it is, the soundtrack worked really well. I never thought a space hog scene would make me feel so many things. Um, just, just a really good story about, about characters, like people who feel like real people, great lessons about dealing with trauma and moving on. Like the movie's definitely about moving on. In my mind, it, it almost felt like James Gunn was saying bye to Marvel and telling people that if they don't like these movies anymore, it's fine. <laughs> you're allowed to give up yeah. on this stuff if you're not feeling it. It, it's just, um... It was great. It was great. And they had some really good fight scenes and, and uh, action scenes. And he shot it with these like with wide lenses. So you really could feel the depth in the fight scenes. It was great. Rocket was incredible. Everything with him was super dark and 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 heavy, but worked really well. Yeah. Great movie. Highly recommend it. What a world in which we live in where you can say a sentence like the Rocket Raccoon Pathos was amazing. <laughs> it really was. It was I, I was shocked. But yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, sorry. Can I take this call real quick, guys? Uh, yellow. Uh, Mr. Gardner, it's Agent Jansen from the FBI. Emotionless guy in a suit with sunglasses. I don't know if you remember me. I'm the whitest one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Um, I'm kind of busy right now, and I told you I'm not sure if I want to work for you guys. I don't handle rejection very well, Mr. Gardner. Uh, just go to the Blue Hill Cemetery and ask the first girl to ever turn me down, if you don't believe me. She's a groundskeeper there, and she still laughs, thinking about how hard I cried when she said no. Anyway, listen. Come down to the sub-basement of the Braintree, Massachusetts Chili's that you record in. Let us brief you on the mission details, and you can decide then. What? Hold on a second. What? No. I'm just pretending to give him a choice. We're, we're obviously going to force him to work for us either way. Don't, don't worry. Okay? Anyway. Yeah, Mr. Gardner, could you please come down to the sub-basement and not tell anyone what you're doing, pretty please? Um, so I gotta go take care of something real quick. Can you guys do the end of the episode without me? You're usually here for the end of the episodes. I honestly never noticed. Yeah, no worries, man. Do whatever you gotta do. Wait a second. You're not leaving to do some sort of shadow op for the FBI, right? Uh, no. Okay, okay, good. Just just making sure. You'll tell me if that ever happens, though, right? Yes. Okay, good. That makes things a lot easier for me. Yeah, go, go whatever. Do whatever you think. Cool. Hello? Hello, Mr. Gardner. Thanks for coming. Agent Johnson couldn't make it today. He's getting fitted for another version of the exact same suit while he searches your home for potential leverage. You remember Agent Jensen? No relation. What? 
but we are related. My wife, Jen, is your sister. By marriage doesn't count. Excuse me? Family is family, man. You don't consider me your brother? Um, can we maybe get to the point here? Ah, uh, yes, of course. Uh, a- as you know, we'd like you to use your skills as a suit actor to go undercover in the ancient Serpentine Society, Cobra La. Cobra La is currently in turmoil due to the death of their former leader, Globulus. Whoa, what happened? He was kind of old. Natural causes. Yeah, his snake tail got caught in an escalator and tore him to shreds while he was going for his daily mall walk. Jesus Christ! I guess it was more of a daily mall slither. Either way, at his age, if you die from mall walking complications, it's considered natural causes. We actually have a video of the incident if you want to see it. I, you know what? I think I'm good. Oh, excuse me, sir. I just need to use the elevator so I can do my daily mall slithering on the second floor. I'm sorry, Galapi. <clears throat> I mean, old snake man, all the elevators in the mall are currently out of service. You'll have to use the escalator. I generally try to avoid escalators. What with the snake tail and all. But I trust you, Mr. Mall employee. Here goes nothing, I guess. <clears throat> Cobra la 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 la! <laughs> My snake tail is stuck in the escalator! No! Help! <laughs> God, please turn this off. I don't need to see all of this. And you especially didn't need to rewind to show me the part where his snake tail explodes again. Oh, sorry. I just wanted to make sure you saw that part. Oh, God. Anyway, now that we're taking a brief break from watching that video on loop, I suppose we can explain the rest of the situation. Without Globulus in charge, Kubala is a disaster. The only family member claiming a right to the throne is someone claiming to be Globulus's long-lost grandnephew. Jeff Globulus. He's definitely on the extremist side. Here's a video of one of his campaign rallies. I barely recognize Cobra Line anymore. We used to have snake balls. I said we'd bring back those small missile things. What, what, what happened to those? We were so determined to use them in 87, but they're nothing. It's almost if people decided they'd rather pretend Cobra Line never existed. Bring back the spores! Bring back the spores! Bring back the spores! Bring back the spores! We obviously can't let this Jeff guy get the throne. Luckily, Globulus has another potential male heir to the throne, his grandson on his daughter's side. Reptipicus Slizzler Globulus, who no one has seen in decades. It should be easy for you to impersonate Reptipicus, since no one knows what he looks like now. All we have is this picture of him from when he was 15 or 16. This is him in the middle, wearing a shirt for some musical act named Garbage. Why are you having me impersonate him? Why not ask the actual person? What do you mean? You may know him as Reptipicus Sizzler Globulus, but I know him as one of the guys I do my podcast with. Matt Paul! 